Hello, I'm Ingrid Rose. Welcome to Writers Radio. Our programs are produced on the mostly unceded territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish peoples, and we're very grateful to be here. Our producers are Carol Harmon, Gary Sill, and myself, Ingrid Rose. Today's episode is the first of many, we hope, to be curated by a guest host. Our first guest host is Medwin McConaughey, who has invited two poets to read some of their work and converse about their relationship to gender and to the language it engenders. Thank you for listening to Writers Radio. This is Medwin McConaughey. I'm here today with two wonderful poets that I'm delighted to introduce to Writers Radio, Captain Liam Snowden and Julian Gunn are my teachers and my friends. few words of introduction before we hear the voices of these two poets. Captain has a background in performance art, video poetics, zine production, and scavenger hunt poetry gatherings for youth. Their poems have been published in From the Inside Out, Radical Gender Transformation, Sex Positive Now, Naropa Student Journal, and they received an honorable mention for the Muriel's Journey Poetry Prize in 2020. Captain teaches somatic sex education and lives on unceded Esquimalt and Songhees territory, also known as Victoria. Julian is a queer and trans writer living and working on Lekwungen and Wasanich territories. He is making things that try to make a world and a body. His personal essays appear in the anthologies Nobody's Father, 2009, In the Flesh, 2012, Outside In 2, 2015, and Outside In TOS, 2016. His poetry appears in Plenitude and Interdisciplinary Studies in Literature and Environment. For this recording, I invited Captain and Julian to perform one of their great experiments in poetry. Have a listen. I am told my body has an inside. I was a fern, I was a blade, I was a stone. And some have even seen it. 
the surgeons. I was a rest area. I was a urinal. I was a station. Mostly I noticed the fine hair silhouetted up my cervical spine. Ferns were blades were train stations stone wand. I felt queasy as a cross-section, this rare picture taken by someone else. It's not in your wallet anymore. What goes in must stay in or be expelled. I was all of that once, and now failure hangs. A star field so vast that any amount of space junk can be jettisoned into its fathomless void. If you turn your neck, you will see me and them and I and we looking at you, wanting you to come closer. An endless underworld where we can bury as many canisters of radioactive waste as we like. And eat pizza. Thank you both. I wanted you to go on. So before we hear more poetry from Captain and Julian, I thought it might be informative and instructive to have a conversation about gender-related language. I'm aware that over the years, gender identification has been labeled LGB, LGBT, LGBTQ. Um, I think we're now at LGBTQ2S+. And perhaps by the time this program airs, there will be more expansive identification. So I'd love to hear from both of you about this question of language and identification. Captain, could you start us off? Yes, absolutely. I can talk for me. Um, like I get excited. I get excited of the energy about the energy where there is no language or just before there's language for something. Um, so, you know, we have, there's probably been a new word like made up or formed or thought of in this time that it took Medwin to read that list. Um, and so, I mean, that's one of the exciting things about language for me is that, that uh, we're always um, in a liberatory process of, of learning how we can describe these words. As somebody asked me the other day about um, someone who's known me for years was just like, hey, would you, are you willing to? And I was at that time to, to talk about what words work for me to describe myself. And I ended up drawing, I, I started talking and then I was like, this isn't working. I ended up drawing something that looked a lot like a, a rainbow with a donut in the middle. Um, and there was all these like outside circles of words that, you know, I might use in order to communicate who I am to people who are not familiar with concept, the concepts, you know, like, uh, there's like a very rare situation that I might identify as a man in, like very, very rare. Maybe it would be about safety. Um, um, and then there's other situations where um, I use transgender sometimes, you know, but as things got more and more into the core and the donut around this, like the, the thing for me that was, that is and has been for dec like a couple of decades now, um, true in my identity are the words genderqueer. 
um, and everything else is mostly words that uh, I may, I'm making translation bridges with other people to find community, to find mental health services, to, to stay alive, to have fun, to get laid. Um, yeah, so that's the one that's, that sort of stayed. And yeah, Julian? Yeah, I think my response to this question is just, you know, there is no final vocabulary, right? Trans is a name for showing up in a certain way in a certain time and place. Um, mm. Appearing visible to yourself and others because in that time and place, something you do uh, doesn't conform to what's expected in terms of something gendered that's been assigned to you. Captain, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I think of these words, like I would like to move from thinking of these words as identities or fixed states to thinking of them um, as relationships, as trying to name certain kinds of relationship to self and to culture. Um, because it's both, right? It's both about trying to represent an internal experience, which is this impossible task we are still called to, <laughs> to perform, and also to talk about how that shapes and is shaped by culture. So it, they're um, linked purposes, but they're not identical. That's a really, that's a, like a sexy thing to think about. I like to think about that too. And because it also, um, I'm interested in the project of, of like, what can we do with this individualism that colonization and whiteness and all that has brought um, us into at this time and space in on this particular land and in this particular culture that I'm a part of or cultures that I'm a part of. So things that can take me out of thinking about, oh, my individual identity and how important it is um, and connect, like you say, in, in rela relationships to and with people, things, nature, all of that. I'm in. And I wanted to maybe put something like that into the conversation and just see what you think of it. Um, Maybe that it's not, although I do feel like we're getting some good words now, <laughs> I really like some of the words people are inventing, not to put it in like a narrative of progress where we're getting closer and closer to the right answer or the correct understanding of gender, but rather we're getting the answers that can be generated by the relationships that exist now and the dreams of the relationships we hope to create. And when those new relationships come about, there'll be new language again. Thank you both. So perhaps, um, Captain, you could start by um, sharing some of your work with us. Seven thirty, Sunday to Thursday, a new playlist every spruce. There were more birds than people. They remember their father telling the sound the vowels make in their mouth. One is an oo, the other an ae, and the e's are blooming this time of year. See father crumble out of good people and bad people. Bumbling coincidences of nice young man, right place, right time. 
insert white male privilege here, still there were two birds from the valley he named with A-E and I-I. He wept for the birds often with uncomplicated tears. Mm, thank you, Captain. And Julian, perhaps you could share your first poem with us now. I understand this is one from a suite of poems that you're currently writing, trying to examine and invoke embodiment. So this poem is called Somatophon. One, life begins in the deep oceans. I am a chain of awkward introductions, clumsy handshakes between surprise fusions. Hello, I guess we are one thing now. Two, other theories exist, little hypomythicals running around rubbing their hairy legs together, various fathers devouring their young. I am told this is how the world began, for fawns at least, those leggy loping concepts. In the beginning, there was testosterone. Uranus, dead godfather, broken into bone fires across the sky, bloody rags of origin. Not my beginning, but yes, my beginning. Three, star hunting or transmasturbation as world building. I am trying to assemble something here in the dark under 1100 atmospheres of pressure. What forms, burnt and disavowed, do I drag with me into the water? Four, remembraining. The startled observatory observes the sky subside, expose a raw new night gleaming. A somatophon, fused sensoria bleed, bleat into each other, impossible unities. Wind state, a fully assembled siphonophore luminous in its own dark fluid, swallowing and swallowing a body lost continuous. Cunt plus hand as meeting of minds. Five, domain eukaryota, kingdom animalia, phylum somatofauna. Six, sticky questions remain. What separations do I stitch into these new domains? Domain, highest taxonomic rank in biological organization also super kingdom or empire, sticky. Seven, I, a dozing onerophore, spawn infinite branchings of gonozoid fuck buddies, tender embedments, phantom the night sea, scatter. Eight, everything I can't swallow is the world. Self-assembly, squeeze the world and make it yield myself and yield myself. Mm, thank you, Julian. Well, I'd like to have one more poem from each of you. What else do you have up your sleeve for us, Captain? I'm working on this series, you know, in a way that really gives my heart a good hug. And I'm calling the series, at least right now, Imaginary Elders. And I have some fabulous elders in my life, you being one of them, Medwin, and and uh, 
other folks, but I also have a, like a longing for other elders and just sort of like more, more elders. And so I've been imagining into what those elders, who they might be and concocting some stories about them. So this is uh, a little more prosy, but it's called uh, Rosemary from the Imaginary Elders series. Rosemary curates the neighborhood pet cemetery. She has made a new word for her brain these days, forgot. It's a mashup of mix up and forget. Oh, and she makes really great ice cream. It all started years ago when our other neighbor, Jean-Paul Paul, went to Montreal back when we could travel outside for a wedding that turned into a funeral. But that's another story. Beatrice, Jean-Paul Paul's housemate, who was taking care of his ferret, texted Rosemary at 3 a.m. and said, freezer broken, Max is dead, can I bury in your backyard? When Rosemary rolled over onto her phone at 5.59, just before the chirpy bird alarm went off, she read the texts of which now there were two. The second one said, moving on to the forgiveness instead of permission part, I panicked and came over and buried Max in the backyard just south of the fig tree. Roll over to my place for coffee when you get up. Rosemary was sitting on the edge of the bed when I came in to the front door and in a sing-song voice said, seven minutes. She had moved to her chair by then and I got into her room a couple minutes later with this big smile on her face. She said, Johnny, I have good news and I have weird news. Okay, I said. She said, your stepfather's name is Max, right? And I said, yes. Well, he's finally dead. And Bernice has buried him in the backyard under the fig tree. And just to close off our time together, Julian, I'd love to hear another poem from you. So this is Apology, Great Blue Heron. Bird, I am sorry I startled you and made you leap onto your invisible bicycle, your loud wings like two arcades of worn denim hung to dry. When your cold planetary eye met mine, I thought we had an understanding. And I rushed towards you, growing tinier as I approached, a wee green gold beetle clacking and rocking like a mechanical hen. Here I am, the dot of an eye, hurtling through space so you can catch me and carry me over this scanty grove up above the city, muscling a board of sky with each arm to lift us to the heaven of birds where you are king and I, I guess, am also king. It is true that my body stayed just where it was, swinging like a half-stripped arbutus branch, but my gaze surged up at you as though the green dirgeful river fainted in sudden tumult and you staggered into the sky, refusing to sign any autographs. Bird, 
You are not my rescuer. And I am not your tiny smart mouth sidekick. You reunite with your family of air. I kneel on the riverbank and tremble. This has been a delight. I have so enjoyed speaking with you both today. Thank you so much. And thank you to the Writers Radio folks, Ingrid Rose, Carol Harmon, and Gary Sill for giving us the opportunity to put our words out on Writers Radio. You've been listening to our first guest host, Medwin McConaughey, in conversation with writers, Captain Liam Snowden and Julian Gunn on Writers Radio. You can hear past programs on our website, writersradio.ca, and tune in to our current program, Playing on the Hour, every hour. Thank you for listening to Writers Radio.